You're listening to River City Mystery Podcast, the show that delves into the Evansville and surrounding tri-state area's mysteries, including unsolved crimes, murders and disappearances, a show that isn't afraid to jump down the rabbit hole to investigate reports of local hauntings, sightings of UFOs and cryptids, among other paranormal phenomena. With your host, co-founder of the Humans of Evansville Facebook page, law office worker by day, insomniac researcher of the bazaar by night, Matt Dyg. Welcome to the third episode of River City Mystery Podcast. Thank you for joining me tonight. We're going to be looking into the disappearance of Teresa A. Rideout of Chandler, Indiana. We talked a little bit about her in episode one for seasons. She was Jack Barnett's fiance slash girlfriend who ended up missing at the end of that episode. Investigators were hoping she would show up at Jack Barnett's funeral, but she never did. She never showed up. And she was not heard from or seen since. There hasn't been a whole lot written about this disappearance. There's not a whole lot of information on the internet. As a matter of fact, when I started looking into this case several years ago, that's what caught my attention with this particular case. I first heard about the story a few years ago when I was looking through one of the Evansville Courier Press stories about cold case files. Teresa's case information was one of the few cases mentioned on there, so I did a little background search to to see what I could find out about it. And there was just a remarkable lack of information about this particular case, about Teresa. There was almost nothing. The Indiana State Police website, which I've got a link in the show notes, if you go to rivercitymystery.com slash three, I'll have a link to that particular Indiana State Police post. But it still has her name spelled incorrectly. It's um, That's not the spelling of Teresa. There's no photo of the missing person, which you think they could have found a, a, some kind of photo or drawing or sketch of the missing person. The National Missing and Unidentified Persons System, also known as NAMIS, has a very similar listing. It looks like they're, can, those listings are connected. Also no photo of the missing person. Just very very short details uh, on what happened. Um, it literally says, um, on September 11th, 1994, Teresa Rideout was reported missing by a friend. She's never been located. It is suspected that foul play could have caused her disappearance. And that is the end of the description of what may have happened to Teresa in 1994. Normally when a person is missing, they have family and friends who kind of, there's always, there's usually someone who can kind of step up and be that point person who's always keeping everybody on, on task and looking and looking and, and trying to dig into all of the details of the case. As I did my research, I found out that Teresa really didn't have many people in her life that were dependable, especially family. Her family was basically out of the picture. I had to really struggle to find information on even who she was or where she was from and what kind of history she had. And I knew it was going to be tough to get that information. So I actually set up an Ancestry.com account. And I was trying to dig and, and find out who her connections were. Was she, did she have any siblings, uh, children? Was she married? Uh, because none of that information was available on any of the 
um, in any of the news articles that I was able to find. And I was able to find out a little bit about Teresa's family life. She had a mother who died when she was only six years old. And her father died when she was uh, 17. She had no siblings. And she ended up going to live with her aunt and cousins in Kentucky shortly following the passing of her mother. Not long after her father passed away, Teresa married Michael Rideout. They lived together in Henderson, Kentucky, and they had one son together in June of 1980. I was able to connect with one of Michael Rideout's relatives on Ancestry.com to ask if she could provide me with any information on Teresa or the disappearance or any kind of family story that she may be able to provide to help me do my research. And she responded, she did respond, and she said that's basically a big family mystery that nobody really knows what happened. She was not aware that there was any sort of foul play. She said that Teresa was known to have loved the river. They went to the river, she and Jack Barnett went to the river all the time, along with Teresa's dog, River, who was named River. The belief of that side of the family, which this was Teresa's first husband's family, the belief is that she drowned. They just think she drowned in the river and that there was no foul play and she may have just drowned. According to this person that I spoke with on Ancestry.com, Teresa kept to herself. She really didn't have very close connections with family or many others. She mentioned that her son, Matt, had to go to court to declare his mother dead in order to collect on an insurance policy. So on August 12, 2002, a death certificate was generated for Teresa Rideout, and the death certificate states that she is presumed dead, last seen September 2, 1994. Teresa and Michael divorced in the mid-'80s, not long after their son Matt was born. It appears as though Teresa just kind of took off and was even paying regular payments or that she was ordered to pay some payments to Michael for his caring for their child. And it doesn't appear as though she had much of a relationship with her son, Matt. Michael ended up remarrying and uh, he ended up passing away from complications of diabetes at the age of 52. And Teresa's son, Matt, died in December of 2018 in Las Vegas at the age of 38. And with Matt's passing, they're really, that was the family um, that really had anything to do with Teresa. I'm not, it doesn't appear as though Matt had much of a relationship with her at all, but Michael was her, her former husband. He was no longer in the picture. So we're not sure where Teresa spent from the mid-80s to the mid-90s. That's not clear exactly. She likely bounced around from maybe living with different coworkers or, or people she, she might have known. That's not known. But we do know that she resurfaces in the mid-90s. In 1994, she starts dating Jack Barnett. And according to a friend of theirs, they had been living together in Newburgh for about three months before the disappearance. So what exactly happened that day that Teresa disappeared? We have to start off earlier in the day. Now, she had a, a, a shift at Burger King. She had to be 
at Burger King in Evansville on Main Street at 11 a.m. According to an Evansville Career and Press article, witnesses claim that Jack and Teresa were both spotted the morning of September 2nd, 1994 at the American Legion Capperman Post 44 in Newburgh. Teresa had to be at work at 11 a.m., so they left the post, according to witnesses, at 10.30 a.m. so that she could be at her shift on time, which it appears as though she did make it to work on time. A friend of Teresa's had stated that Teresa's car had had mechanical problems and was still parked at the house in Newburgh, so they were both riding around in Jack's red pickup truck. And this is a bit of a sticking point with me that I can't quite put my finger on. I can't quite figure it out. And it's always been kind of like a uh, festering in my head. Jack and Teresa drive from Newburgh, from the Kepperman Post 44, to Burger King on Main Street in Evansville so she could make her shift. And, and it's unlikely that Jack would have that they would have gone to their Newburgh home first before going to Evansville because there was no mention that she was late that day. That just wouldn't make a lot of sense. So Jack and uh, Teresa drive to Burger King. Teresa gets out of the truck, goes to work. My question would be, did Jack drive off and come back and pick her up at the end of her shift because she worked a shift. According to her manager, she was in a good mood. And she said at the end of her shift, she, um, she said, see you tomorrow. And that was it. There was nothing, there was no weird vibe or anything like that. So my question about the truck is she was seen driving when she left her shift. Her manager actually asked her to drop the night deposit off. She hadn't worked at Burger King, Burger King very long, but she had gained the trust of her manager and everyone seemed to think she was a good worker and dependable enough so that they trusted her to take the deposit with them with her so that she could drop that off at the Citizens National Bank up the street, which she did. So she was seen driving off from work that night in the red pickup truck. If she did drive the red pickup truck as she was leaving work that night, Jack Barnett had to be in that truck, I think. He, he would have come back and picked her up. Unless she dropped him off at home before driving to work, which I don't. It doesn't seem like she would have done that. So when she left work, I believe Jack would have been with her. That's my theory. I don't see that posted anywhere in any articles, but... I would love to see the, um, when she was making, she did make the night deposit as well. She, that deposit was made and I would love if they'd had like a camera surveillance to see who was in that truck. Um, whenever they made that deposit, if there was something like that, one wonders if they, they didn't get in some argument on the way home. If it was both of them, maybe Jack, maybe Jack was walking up and down main street drinking all day. He, maybe they, he was drinking early that morning at the, the post and continued drinking that day on Main Street while uh, Teresa was at work waiting for her to get off her shift. And maybe he was drunk and 
something might have, but uh, they might have gotten into an argument or something on the way home. Who knows? To me, that's a little strange. That that it basically, I, I think Jack had to be in the truck with her when she drove off that night. That's my theory. Just a theory. And for me, that means that something could have happened on the way home. They could have gotten into a big fight or something. And and I don't know what that might have been about, but uh, obviously, but so it's just a sticking point with me when I was going through the details of this. It's so maybe you all have some ideas on on if that's insignificant or if if there's something to that. After Teresa left work that night, made the night deposit. She was not seen again. She never, she never came back and picked up her. She had some checks at a Burger King that were unpicked. They were never picked up. So, and she also made the night deposit. So, if she was planning to make a just a run for it and quit, it seems like you wouldn't make that night deposit if you kind of planned on running or something like that. So she. She didn't pick up her last checks. She just stopped showing up to work after September 2nd, 1994, which was very out of character for her based on comments from her manager. That was not like her. They said that she was dependable and it would be unlike her for her not to call in sick or to let her know that she wasn't going to be there. Some of the articles talk about some of the friends that Teresa had. Uh, one of them was Carl Smith of Newburgh, Indiana. Now, Carl was one of Teresa's closest friends in the area. And one of the articles, the Evans, one of the Evansville Courier and Press articles, Carl Smith is interviewed and he says that if she was in trouble, she would come over and tell me about it. We were just really good friends I probably knew as much about her private life as anyone. She maybe would leave on the spur of the moment for a trip or something, but not without letting someone know. And it's unusual for her and the dog to both be gone. The article goes on to say that Carl checked the river camp that Jack Barnett owned. He actually went with Jack's ex-wife to check out the river camp. Now, Jack and Teresa loved the river apparently according to everyone they went there all the time they loved hanging out by the river they teresa's dog was named river they just that that appeared to be their thing they went there probably to drink a lot and uh, hang out he had his river camp carl thought that that would be a good place to go check to see where you know if there's anything amiss there or any evidence of anything weird I actually did a um, a property search looking for what river camp he might have owned, and I I looked through a lot of them along the Ohio River and uh, Spencer Warwick, Vandenberg counties, and I could not find what river camp he might have owned. Surely the police would have looked in that particular area because that would be an interest that would be a a place to to hide a body. If you were going to, I suppose you would be very comfortable and familiar with that area and you would know the locations that might be easily overlooked. If the police went there and looked, which I'm sure it seems like they would have, seems like they would have found something if, if something was there. Carl said that they didn't see anything unusual when they went there. Uh, he, he goes on to say that uh, he talked to Jack Barnett recently. He said, uh, I talked to him. 
recently and they had plans for the future and seemed to be doing fine. He said, I was tickled to death that she found somebody like him. It just doesn't add up. Whatever happened is something that happened very suddenly. So Carl, who was the closest person to Teresa, had he seemed like he was just kind of taken by surprise that all of this had happened. He, he didn't seem to indicate that there was any abuse or anything like that going on that would indicate that Teresa would have been in harm's way. A few days after September 2nd, this would be on September 6th, 1994, Gail Chapman, who was a friend of Teresa's and who also worked at uh, Don and Donna's sports bar, claims that a bartender who worked at Don and Donna's sports bar told her that Jack Barnett came into the bar that day on September 6th. She said that Jack made no mention of Miss Rideout's whereabouts to the bartender or to anyone at the bar. If something nefarious had happened on September 2nd, Jack, who you would think may have had something to do with her disappearance or murder or whatever, had it uh, all together enough to be able to go to Don and Donna's bar and sit there and calmly have a drink and eat dinner or whatever he was doing there without mentioning anything about Teresa and apparently didn't appear off or anything like that. And as I discussed in the first episode, Four Seasons, on September 10th, 1994, so several days later, Jack Barnett checks himself into a motel in Mount Vernon, Indiana, and proceeds to shoot himself in the head after leaving a suicide note to his daughter, making no mention of anything about Teresa in this note. According to Jack Barnett's ex-wife and other friends of theirs who checked out the home, there didn't appear to be anything missing from the home, and there was no body found uh, in the home, or there was no evidence of any sort of struggle. The only thing missing from the home was Teresa's dog, River. Now, I do have a couple of theories about what may have happened to Teresa, and they're all just theories. The first one is the obvious, and I think this is what the investigators think happened, and I think that's why there's little effort going into finding the truth here, um, is that Jack just snapped one night and killed her. Hid the body, killed the dog, hid, it, hid the body probably at the same place, or whatever, dumped him in the river, whatever he did. End of story, kills himself a week later. And honestly, that, that's probably the most likely story. There are other theories, though. Another theory that has been rattling around in my head is I, from talking to people and from there are some articles that mention that it's possible that Teresa and Jack were involved in the drug trade. They did have some shady associates and maybe some shady dealings. Maybe they owed money to one of these shady characters. Maybe threats were made against Teresa and the dog, and maybe somebody followed through on it. Jack hangs around for a week because he thinks maybe someone's calling a bluff or something, and when he finds out it wasn't a bluff, he kills himself. Or maybe he... Maybe he thinks that she ran off with one of these associates. And after he loses contact with her for a week, 
he realizes that either she's dead or she's run off with somebody, he kills himself. That may explain why he was hanging out at a bar on the 6th, acting like nothing was wrong, because maybe he maybe he was in a phase where he was thinking that the, Teresa was going to come back or this was going to iron itself out. Because one of, one of the problems I have with the murder-suicide is the time difference between the murder and the suicide. I did some looking into statistics, and there really aren't a lot of statistics on the, the difference in time between the murder and the suicide. I was, gonna, I was look, trying to find out if it's very common for murder-suicides to take place with a week's difference between the two dates. <laughs> I Usually you hear of a murder-suicide, it's the same time. You, it's a murder-suicide. It's, it's the same event. You don't, people don't normally wait a week to kill themselves and, you know, go through their regular lives for a whole week. Um, but I couldn't find statistics on to see how rare that actually was or if that's unusual. I thought that would be kind of helpful. It just seems kind of strange that that he did wait a week and, you know, was eating out and stuff like that. Um, didn't mention anything about it to anybody or act weird to anybody. So we don't know what happened to Teresa Rideout. She's still a missing person. She's still listed on these websites, the Indiana State Police website on NAMAS. She still pops up on an every once in a while on a Courier and Press article about the cold case files with no new information. So I just I think that people deserve to have their stories told, even if they don't have a massive family of hundreds of thousands of people out there looking and websites and, and Facebook pages and things like that. Teresa really didn't have a, a wide circle of people and really not many of her friends that are even listed in those articles uh, I referenced are even alive anymore. I know Carl Smith is not a living anymore and he was the closest friend. There just isn't a network of people out there even looking, but that doesn't, I, I think that that short, I don't think she deserved that. I think she deserves as much attention on her case as anyone else. So hopefully this particular episode will spotlight her disappearance and, and let everyone know that it's just as important as anyone else who's missing. And even if there are certain assumptions that have been made that it's still an unsolved case that nobody really knows what happened and anything is possible. You're welcome to join my Discord server at rivercitymystery.com slash Discord if you'd like to share any of your thoughts or theories on this particular case. I've set up a channel for this particular episode. You're welcome to do so. That about does it for this episode of River City Mystery Podcast. Thank you again for joining me tonight. Until next time, take care. <laughs>